0: Demand Judge Shaw Injury Law seven three two eight 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 eight. eight. Demand Judge. Demand Justice. Demand Judge. The injury, accident, professionals. First class service. Judge gets it done. Maximum compensations are goal. See Judge Shaw Injury Law dot com. Demand Judge Shaw Injury Law seven three two
1: Welcome to Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. And now, here's your host, Greg Giambarisi. Welcome back, everybody. Hook, Line, and Splitter, episode 78. I'm Greg Giambarisi hook, line, and splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast presented by Judd Shaw Injury Law. We understand the toll that injuries take on families, and we're here to help. For a free consultation, call 1-866-909-6894 or visit Law.com. Judd with two Ds, Shaw Injury law.com Our guest today is Blue Claws infielder Otto Kemp, who joined the Blue Claws a couple of weeks back right at the uh, the last week there in uh, July, first week of August, and we talk about his uh, baseball journey. is actually pretty wild. He's now 23 years old. He'll turn 24 coming up uh, next week on September the 9th from Point Loma Nazarene down in San Diego. He's from Southern California originally and talked about um, you know him just getting a chance to play professional baseball. He played uh, Division Two there in California. Philly signed him last August, and he's had a really solid campaign. Began with Clearwater, had seven homers there, 17 stolen bases. Uh, got off to a bit of a rocky start with Jersey Shore, but we talked about that, and he's been a rock-solid contributor since then uh, for the Blue Claws. Great guy. You're going to love the interview. He has a pretty cool story, uh, back journey, talked about you know some of the injuries and surgeries that he had and just how he wanted a chance to play professionally, and he's gotten that chance with the Phillies this season and here with the Blue Claws, and he certainly made the most of that. Awesome guy. Awesome story. You're going to love this one. It's Blue Claws infielder Otto Kemp on hook, line, and splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. Joined by Blue Claws third baseman Otto Kemp from Wilmington Blue Claws there this weekend. Otto, welcome. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. How are you?
1: Doing great. So it seems like you made a really smooth uh, transition up here to the Blue Claws. How do you feel out there right now?
0: Yeah, it's been good. Um, trying not to do anything different than what I was doing. Clearwater. Uh, luckily, I've had a couple guys that a couple meeting like five, six. Uh, feels like the, a lot of the guys from Clearwater are up here, and we've kind of gelled earlier in the year, so it's not doesn't make the transition as hard uh, in terms of on the field and uh, in the clubhouse. So that's made it a lot easier and uh, made me a little bit more comfortable. So just trying to do the same thing we were doing down there. And, and keep it going up here and push for the playoffs up here.
1: Yeah. So let's start down there. So you, you guys had an unbelievable, uh, first half you won the first half in Clearwater by 10 and a half games. I think it was, um, and obviously a lot of those guys are here now with the blue claws. Uh, what made that group so special and that team so special down there?
0: Yeah, I think it was just a a collective buy-in to, to win, to play winning baseball and, um, to do what's necessary in order to win. Um, that was, that was the biggest thing is just like not trying not to be selfish and not playing for yourself, uh, trying to just play for it, play as a team and uh, all collectively buy in just to, to do what we can in order to win some baseball games. And once we started rolling, we, I think we could start seeing how important that was just to start playing for each other. Um, and so, yeah, just that, just that buy-in from everybody. I think that was the most important part and that's kind of how it all started.
1: I guess the, the the group down there um with marty you know how, how did marty malloy the manager in clearwater who managed here 2017 yeah. to 2018 how did he kind of set yeah. the tone for you guys and yeah obviously you guys were kind of a you know you were on the older end of that group but it was a young mm-hmm. group overall how did he kind of steer yeah. the ship
0: yeah marty was he was the leader behind all of it i mean it started during spring training he knew um with the group that we had going into clear water at the end of spring training he he had told us multiple times he said this team reminds me a lot of the winning team that I had a couple of years back uh, we, we got a mix of a lot of old guys a lot of young guys and I think it's just a, a very good mixture of guys that um uh, I know can gel together and uh, he kept telling us throughout the season you guys remind me of this team just keep doing you keep doing your guys playing your guys' game." Um, and he held us to that standard. And I think everyone bought into that and everyone believed that we were gonna be good. And I think that belief is just uh Marty's belief in us because we could see that he believed in us and we can feel that. I think that just sparked all of it. So
1: and then how have you guys kind of gelled quick? It seems like you made quick transitions. Um obviously you guys came in staggered, you know, a few here, a few there, but now I think it's yeah. eight or nine, I think nine now that Felix race is here position players. Uh, sure. That were with Clearwater and obviously, uh, you know, six, seven, eight, nine pitchers or whatever it was um, as well. How do you think you guys have gelled? And, and you touched on it before, but how is having so many from that one group helped the transition for everybody?
0: Yeah, I think it's I think it's a lot easier, especially um, just because you're coming into a new senior, you're coming into a new ballpark, new fans, new It's everything is new. Um, so having those familiar faces, it's, yeah, that's that's what you find in and. Uh, that personally that for me that's what I found comforting and, and uh, having other, all these guys to share the experience with um, it makes you feel like you're not doing it alone uh, you're not the, the lone soldier and there's guys that are in there with you and they understand what you're going through and they understand what the change feels like so um, I think that's been the biggest part is just having each other and already being close to the point where it's like we, we kind of know what to expect once we come in here We got guys that have done it before us and that were on the same team as us. And they know, they know what the adjustment looks like. And uh, so that's, that's been the biggest comfort is we can all kind of confide in each other in that, in that transition period. Uh, And we're all with each other rooting for each other in that period too. So uh, that's probably the the biggest thing.
1: So go back uh, a little over a year for you. You signed with the Phillies um, right around the 1st of August last year. How did you end up with the Phillies um, compared to some other teams? Had they been scouting you when you were in college?
0: Yeah, um, had a couple teams looking throughout college. That um, I mean, it, it Philly was actually the first team that uh, had reached out to me. I think it was my junior year of college. Um, post Northwoods for me, um, Zach Friedman. Uh, he was the one that he was a so, SoCal scout that had seen me out, play out in the Northwoods, and uh, then he followed me out. In, out of Point Loma, but there were a couple other teams, and um, it was looking like it, I had no idea what it was gonna, what it, who I was gonna go to um, during the draft slash if I was gonna go um, and sign. And ended up, I, I kind of have a little bit of an injury riddle past and uh, a lot of surgeries under my belt, so that kind of came to and came down to it. Um, and a lot of people dropped off the table, but uh, Philly was actually the only team by the end of the draft that was still in on me, so they took their shot and uh now we're here so all i really all i really wanted was a shot to play pro ball um i wasn't looking for all the money and all that so uh, it was it was really just an opportunity that's how kind of how i saw it and uh luckily Philly was Philly was able to stick with me on this one and give me a shot so
1: what were some of the surgeries you've had to have
0: yeah so my
1: end of my junior year of
0: college I tore my ACL. Didn't play that summer uh, after my junior year. And then I rehabbed for about six and a half months. And then my first practice back, I tore it again. Hmm. So I didn't play my whole senior year. Um, and then I came back. Point Loma in San Diego. Um, Point Loma Nazarene was the only, them and Concordia Irvine were the only two schools that offered me walk on spots. So I <laughs> ended up I was kind of like I don't know if I really want to play baseball anymore. Um, it's it's a lot to come back from ACLs take a lot out of you uh, mentally, especially, and you just never know what what they're going to feel like. Um, especially considering college, the college season is kind of takes a toll on your body, and you don't know how your knees are going to hang out. So it was a big question mark for me, but I just felt a, a pull to go go play and give it a shot again. And uh, right when I got to Point Loma, I think all that fire of missing two years of baseball really um, really sparked me, and that's kind of what inspired me to just work, work as hard as I possibly can in order to, uh, to get to the next level. And uh, So then my freshman year of college, uh, I ended up starting, and uh, I played like 12 games, and on one random morning, I woke up and my arm was swollen, went to emergency room, long story short, had a blood clot in my arm, had to get season ending in, in uh, surgery on that <clears throat> i got my first rib removed and didn't play summer ball after that so my freshman year was white and then next year i tore my labrum sliding that was covid year Jeez. so tore my labrum in my throwing shoulder uh rehab that and then junior year came back and played uh i played second base the next year but ended up playing summer ball and then uh at the end of last year, when we were in the playoffs, I ended up breaking my hand. I broke my hammy. um, played through that for a little while because we made the world series my senior year of college and, uh I ended up losing the championship, but, um, got surgery after the postseason was over. And then, uh, I came into, after I signed with Billy, I still had a couple weeks of rehab for that hammy. So it's been a, it's been a long journey with the body and, uh, but we're we're here, and that's all that matters. So,
1: broken hand is a tough one, obviously for any hitter. That's the easiest one you've had.
0: Yeah, honestly, it's it, the easiest surgery <laughs> surgery I've had. <laughs> so,
1: so you told your Torrey us junior year of high school. You said
0: junior year of high school. Yep.
1: What was the play? <laughs>
0: it wasn't even during baseball. No. Uh, it was it was actually wakeboarding. We uh, we we were up in the mountains and we were wakeboarding and I did, t- t- I jumped and landed flat and my knee just buckled.
1: And did so you know, did you know what happened right away?
0: I knew it right away. Yeah. It was the worst thing I've had in, in a while. And I knew right at that moment, I'd said baseball has gone for a little while. So it mm. um, was the second one that was, yeah, that was a little bit hard, but the second, the second one was uh, just not being very smart during practice. It was my first practice back and my, for some reason, reason we decided to do rundowns and I planned to tag somebody out during a rundown and it just gave them. Um, so then we just started that process all over again. So
1: two two yeah. ACLs, labrum, rib.
0: Rib hammet. section. it, Yeah. Wow.
1: Well, I'm glad everything's yeah. all good now. You feel good. Like you feel good now. Do you feel? <laughs> yeah, any I feel fine normal? now. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, there's a little bit naturally. There's a little bit of wear and tear from them, but it's nothing too bad. It's uh, nothing you can't push through. So,
1: so you played third here. You said you played you played second before. Uh, which of the positions do you feel most comfortable at? Which one do you like the best?
0: Uh probably third. Yeah, third feels the most natural to me.
1: I mean, just watching it, you have a third baseman arm for sure. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, that, that came after the labrum surgery. That was, uh, I knew I had to get that arm strength back. And I tried as hard as I could that summer to just long toss as much as I could, and that really helped me. So, uh, yeah, it ended up being like, kind of like one of those Tommy Don situations where you have surgery and you end up coming back and throwing a little bit harder than, and you, know, you feel a little bit stronger than what you did before, which was my point. That was the goal. So,
1: we talked about this in the clubhouse the other day, but you made those two place. Uh, Last week where we basically threw guys out at first base from the almost from the third base coaches box uh the one um the, the first one I guess was the play in the Thursday game where Noonborn um hadn't not yet allowed a, a base runner I think this was in the fourth maybe the fifth inning um it was a, it was a chopper up third or behind third it was barely fair and you were behind the bag and just kind of slung it sidearm uh across yep. the field T- take us through that play
0: yeah, uh I mean obviously I, I didn't really know. Mitch had Mitch had no hits at that point. I think it was the fourth inning, so kind of one of those where you're not really checking. It's like yeah. that kind of happens a little bit. So um, but I was off the line, I was probably twenty feet off the line, um, kind of covering the five, six hole. and he chopped it and I saw him like kinda of hesitate out the box because he didn't know if it was gonna be fair or foul. But I knew with where the ball was placed, like you kinda of have a feel once you start taking more reps and, and getting more game experience, you kind of just have – you kind of develop a, a game speed in your own head where um, you know balls that you're going to have to hurry on and it's going to be a close play, so you might as well just give it all you got. So it was kind of one of those where I – I once it made contact with my glove, it was like get it out as fast as you possibly can um, and give yourself a shot. So it was kind of one of those plays where you just throw it and hope you lead the first baseman enough to where it doesn't sail him. Um, and where he doesn't get injured running into the running into the guy running down the line. But um, it's one of those that you practice a little bit, like we talked about. Uh, you, and those are the fun ones for me. Those are the fun ones where you just kind of get to show what you got. So um, it was one of those opportunities where it was like, I'm going to try and get Mitch's back and and uh, get this guy right <laughs> right from the jump. So that was kind of what was going through my head. How do you but, try
1: to place the ball when you're throwing Yeah, I'm kind of fading away.
0: Yeah, like I like we talked about, we know I I know if I'm gonna throw from that lower arm slot, the ball's naturally gonna move this way. Um, uh, so you got to lead your first baseman a little bit and hope that it does. You got to trust your ball point and coming back down, um, and tailing back into him. But um, it, it that again is just every every day in BP. I'm trying to make that throw, uh, just because you never know when the time is gonna come where you're gonna have to use that and and pull that out of the bag. So um that kind of comes from experience but knowing your ball fight and knowing the way that you tend to throw and and what your ball tends to do so um yeah just a a little bit of of uh practice goes a long way with that one
1: growing up in southern california who were some of the players or teams that you liked watching
0: yeah i was a big angels guy Uh, i've been a big angels guy my whole entire life um so trout and otani obviously that's uh that's Trout's like my favorite ball player to watch. He's just dynamic. He's fun. Um, we grew up going to a lot of England games, so I'm lucky enough to see him quite a bit and, um, even Shohei, Hey, it's been, it's been cool growing up and seeing that. I wish, uh, things were a little bit different down in Anaheim, but, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been really cool to, it's been really cool to watch, um uh, those guys come throughout the last, honestly, decade for Trout and, um, uh, but they brought in some good talent along with them um to, to compete. So it's been fun to watch those those guys.
1: You probably don't remember. You probably what one or two, right? When they won the World Series? Yeah. Well that
0: was in O 02, two, right? So I was three. Yeah.
1: Okay. Do you remember yeah. it? You probably so I d I don't remember that. Yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm still you- waiting for the time where I remember the Angels the Angels World Series win in my lifetime. So
1: are you gonna go see Hopefully. him on uh, you can go see him Monday? They're uh, in Philly, Monday.
0: Yeah. Oh, they are in Philly. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I, I know a couple of the guys are going because gone. going. Ollie's going to be there with his old and uh, playing against his old team. So, I might be smart to tag along.
1: Unfortunately, no Trout and uh, <laughs> yeah, no trout and Probably Kay. maybe not. He no makes one trip here every. <laughs> he makes one trip back home every other year. Yeah, and he gets hurt two yeah. days, three days before. Yeah.
0: Oh man, I mean, I'm not surprised. Honestly, I. I I feel for these guys with the handmade issues it because it's a it's a hard injury to go through. It's, your hand is one of the most sensitive parts. You have so many nerves on your hand, and hitting is one of those things where if you don't square up a ball, which obviously that's our goal every time, but you watch baseball enough to know that that's not – like we go through phases of that. So being out of the game for a little while and then having to come back and really – if you're not barreling balls, it's really putting a lot of stress on your hand and especially on a on a surgical spot, you kinda have to have respect for your body going through surgery and your body naturally healing from that from that scar. Um, so I feel for him. It's a lot, it's a lot to get through and it's a lot to push past. And I don't blame him for they put him back on the DL for
1: yeah.
0: I think the 10 day. But that didn't surprise me at all. I was surprised that he came back so fast. It's a pretty hard injury to, to come back from and, and be yourself.
1: Did you get into uh, the uh WBC? Did you watch that WBC game? US I watched
0: it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I was hoping that Charlie would take the yard, but I knew that it was kind of just the storybook ending for Shohei, like.
1: It, it was it kind
0: of just had to happen, you know? Had to happen that way.
1: It was pretty cool. Um yeah. so what kinds of things have you been working on uh since you come up here with Brock now?
0: Yeah, I think uh we changed a little bit back in Clearwater, um, changed my, changed my uh, hands a little bit with, uh, with Heinsey, our, our hitting guy, and, and Luke and Edouard down in Clearwater. Uh, and that change helped me a lot, helped, with, uh, helped just create a little bit more consistent of a swing. Uh, still working through that a little bit, just because it's a little bit of a new process and just like anything, it takes time to, to get to know. Um, I feel like a little bit, uh, it, really what it is, is just making sure my hands and my legs are connected. Um, so we pushed back my hands a little bit, starting from a different spot than they were before, a little bit less movement. So it's just a little bit more efficient, um, trying to be, trying to make a swing that's a little bit more repeatable than, um, and know where, where everything's at at one time. So that was just a little bit that I struggled through during clear water. It was just a little bit disconnected. Um, so once we made that change, it's been helping quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, just trying to keep that going and keep getting it. At getting adopted to this new, new
1: standpoint. Back to the podcast in a second. Since 1986, Rich Green Lawns has been the leading lawn fertilization company of the Jersey Shore, providing lawn fertilization, bed weed control, tick and mosquito control, as well as tree and shrub programs. Mention this ad and save 50% off your first lawn application. Call or text us today at 732 370 5963, 732 370 5963, or richgreenlawns.com. And when shopping for appliances, electronics, and mattresses, you want a local hometown team that you can trust. That's PC Richard & Son. PC Richard & Son is a friendly and knowledgeable sales team, installations, and repair service you can trust, and the guaranteed lowest prices. So get to PC Richard & Son today. Shop smart, shop local, shop PC Richard & Son. So you mentioned a couple different names um, down there. You know, how do you try to work with the – different coaches and and you know they're making suggestions to you based yeah. on video or data or whatever, yeah. um, you know, when they come to you and say, Hey, we might want to try this. You know, how do they present it to you? Um, Cause yeah. ultimately you're the one who's got to swing the bat.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, so when that decision was made um, and it's still, it's not like a, they don't bring you in and say, Hey, this is what you have to do. Yeah. Um, this is a, Hey, we recommend doing this type thing. Um, and it's something that, you have a lot it's not something that's just out on a whim um it's something that they kind of wait for you got to wait for the results to pile up in order in the in the sample size in order to see certain things um so that was that was kind of the case for me after the first like i think it was three and a half months in Clearwater. they hadn't seen me enough to know like this change might be good for him um so they brought me and shoved me some video of uh some guys that i um could be comp to and that my swing could be comp to and kind of like guys just to to give my give myself a visual of guys in the big leagues that are doing it. Um and like Brandon Drury, Christian Walker were a couple of those guys with their hands that way they were they were already back and loaded. So it gave me that example of just like, okay, there's guys that do it and there's guys that preset their hands. Um uh, so and we we had like a little bit of a cage session where uh, we moved my hands back and I started swinging, taking some video. And it's always one of those things where you try and go at a 10, we're saying go at a 10, which like, go, go to your extreme. Um, And your body thinks it's an extreme, but it's really not as extreme as you feel like it is. Um, So that just that feeling of the swing was a little bit new. But again, it was one of those things where it was like, we know this is going to take time. And we know this is going to be a little bit of a journey. It's not going to Fix itself day one, you're going to have a little bit, like, you're going to struggle with timing, you're going to struggle with, um, like, your hands are going to move naturally, the more more that you continue to reinforce this, and they're going to be in a different spot, so it's kind of like, here's what you want to look for, here's where we want to set them, and we'll we'll keep doing this, so uh, that's kind of what me and Brock have been working through a little bit, too, Uh, and there's, there's, obviously, it's a, it's a baseball swing, it feels good, Sometimes and it doesn't other times, so it's just like kind of trying to find the middle ground of that. So,
1: you you got up here and hit about in your first four or five games, you must have <laughs> hit about six, seven balls as hard as you could. A couple yeah. of them went right at guys. a Couple of them tracked down by guys. Yeah, it was just brutal. And then you get the hit, and it was a morning <laughs> game. Uh, a double to left center, and you get the second yep. base, and you kind of like look to the sky and. Put your hands up like that. Like, hey yeah. my, about time like they owed me one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was a um it was a long four games. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. It felt like I was I mean, for game one wasn't wasn't too uh didn't have too many hard hit balls, but the next three it was like it felt like everything that came off my bat was like, Okay, that's got a shot. That's got a shot to fall. Okay, nope, that's not falling. Uh but it, it's uh it's one of those things that's just baseball. That's how it is. I mean, I've played it's been a long enough season to where I've had a lot of, a lot of those spells where it's just stuff not falling. So uh, it, yeah, obviously I wanted to get it under my first hit under my belt. It's a little bit, once you have the first one, you, you kind of start rolling. Uh, but yeah, it was, it, it was a long wait for me. It was a,
1: well, if, it was a long if, couple if,
0: days, but. Like
1: if, if you're one for one and then go over 16 or whatever, and you're one for, okay, fine. But if yeah. you're 0 for 16 and then one, it just feels totally different. <laughs> yeah, it
0: feels totally different, and it's a lot to bounce back from. But I mean, that's what the that's what we got time for. Uh, time is on our side. Um, you, it, it's one of those things where you just can't look up and try and chase the numbers. It's that's a really hard it's a really hard game to, and it's a really long season if you're going to chase numbers. And you really just got to chase quality at bats and trying to trying to do a job every single at bat because there's something to do every single at bat. Um, so that's kind of my mental process behind it. Is just even when I was going through that, it was like, what can I do every at bat to try and make sure it's productive and takes kind of the result oriented uh, mindset out of it, where it's like I have to get a hit or else, and then you you start mentally spiraling. So uh, just trying to make sure I can practice what I preach, especially those first four games. It was pretty testing, but it was it was a it was good for me to to push through that.
1: How did they tell you you were coming up here?
0: uh i was hitting in the cage before our lakeland series um and it was about four thirty. and we all got in there and marty stopped everyone in montgomery and was like hey stop hitting you got a fight to catch in jersey and so i i uh said bye to all the hitters he drove me over in the golf cart and um, got to say bye to a lot of the guys that were there so uh, yeah it was it was good to be able to at least uh give everyone a hug and and uh uh, tell him to finish off the season strong. So it was, a, uh, it was very nice that I was able to have that time where I got to say goodbye to them.
1: So. Who is, uh, I guess I'm gonna put you on the spot. Who's faster Crawford Boyd <laughs> or Fergus 50 yard dash.
0: I'm going to go Crawford. I'm going to go. Fergus going to be mad at me, but first and <laughs> last, I think in that word, honestly, um, uh, But Crawford and Marty would probably be pretty close. I would have to say, I think, but I think Crawford just has a little bit longer legs. So longer strides, but they're, they're all, they're all game changer speed. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could put them on one outfield. That's, they cover everything.
0: Well, that's what, yeah. You guys did it for a while. I know you had a lot of guys, but that that was, that was one combo. Yeah. That was, that was a lot of, that was a lot of the games that in Clearwater at the beginning of the season. So we had, it was like, that's what, also made it so fun is we had such a talented group of guys that uh, everyone is just special and um, i think everyone kind of believes in each other in terms of like when the balls hit to the outfield it's like there's balls that i know are going to be caught that just shouldn't be caught so um but and then it becomes an expectation like um at the beginning of the season you kind of get to see what everyone's got and then it's like all right now we expect all these things from each other so um, it's cool to it's cool to play that game and it's cool to see all those guys speed just play out in the game it's really fun to watch what's
1: uh pr- what's pressureville <laughs>
0: pressureville uh that's kind of like a little bit of also our not even a little bit that's a lot of our identity down in, uh down in clearwater that's that came from michael jones he's a he does a lot of our base running and i think uh they just do a lot of they do their due diligence in terms of uh uh, scouting reports on teams in terms of pitchers and, and uh, position players and catchers and um, knowing their counts and kind of knowing what counts they tend to throw off speed on. So uh, it's really like any opportunity that, that we get, we're going to put pressure on the defense and it's not like we're not going to have, we're going to have games where we get thrown out a lot, and but it doesn't stop our identity from who we are. And I think, uh, I, I mean, like Mari Boyd's probably got like 55 bags by now, like, um uh, it was just kind of like if you get on first base and there's an opportunity there's a count for you to run and the game allows you to run you're running type of thing um and even not even just that not even just the stolen bases aspect of it but it's like you put a ball in play you're going to run hard um and that's kind of what we talk about pressure bill the first couple months of the season it's fun you can sit in the dugout and every time you hit a ground ball you can hear the infield kind of rushing um and telling them to hurry telling each other to hurry up and that's kind of what it's all about. Like you you play hard so that they make mistakes, type of thing. So um putting that pressure on them and not necessarily you have to get hits every time. That's kind of how we how we go about it. And that's kind of what changed the changed the dynamic down in down in Clearwater. And we could all feel that. The more the more energy that we play with, the more speed we play with, and the more pressure we put on people, the more people tend to collapse. So um uh, yeah, that was kind of a recipe for success down there.
1: Crawford hit a chopper to short. Uh, the other day, and the the ball bounced up pretty good. It's probably about eight feet high or whatever at its peak, yeah. and then as soon as it bounces up, you're like, oh, no shot. And yeah. Then yeah
0: he's safe he, five, first off, steps. grabs the
1: ball, <laughs> has to rush the throw, and then you know yeah. he can steal second at the snap of a finger. So like some guys, yeah, to get the second have to hit it off the wall, and he hits a yeah. little bouncer to short, and he's and he can yeah. easily be a second.
0: Yeah, and that's what I mean by game changing speed. It's like it's it's it could be a walking double. Um, So it's just it's pretty impressive to watch, and it's fun to play with.
1: Well, uh, Boyd, we're taping this on uh, Saturday morning. Boyd has fifty-one, by the way. Okay. And Crawford's yeah. got, I think, forty-five now between there and here. I mean, yeah. you you had seventeen. That's no. You had seventeen down there. That's no slouch.
0: Yeah, I mean, but nothing compared to that.
1: <laughs> no, but few, you, you know, few yeah. are. You guys had the most. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you still do, but you for most of the year you led the minors as in uh, stolen bases yeah. as a. Yeah. as a team what are your uh what are your goals here for the rest of the season and um into the into the winter here
0: yeah i mean uh make the postseason that's number post that's a uh, that's the goal number one uh want to finish off the season strong uh try and win as many ball games as we can and keep ourselves in the race i think we're one back right now mm-hmm. so try and play extra baseball because no one wants to go home on september 10th uh no one wants yeah. that to be the last game so uh, i think everyone kind of wants to feel the buzz of the postseason and um, and play for play for each other, and in that, and I think uh, that's priority number one. I think uh, priority number two is, is for all of us to stay healthy. Uh, and so I think just just keeping those things, I think a lot of keeping those two at at heart. I think both of those are going <laughs> to work together, and I think uh, we'll be able to accomplish that. So I think there's just a collective buy in here. Everyone's excited. Everyone wants to wants to finish off strong. It's a lot of our first seasons, and we want to experience that postseason for the first time. And, Quite frankly, we want to clinch again with each other. I think it'd be we all know it'd be really fun. So um and it's always just a good team bonding. Um you go through a lot. And I know we a lot of us came in late. So there's there's that aspect, but it's like uh we wanna we want we we made the postseason down in Clearwater and now it's time to to get to play in the postseason up here as well. So um yeah, I think that's just just finishing off the season strong and trying to trying to push through it.
1: Who got the who caught the last out? when you clenched in with Clearwater?
0: I think, I think it was a strikeout. I want to say it was a strikeout and I would be willing to bet it was a Wesley Moore strikeout on a changeup, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Don't quote me on that. That's just the way my mind works. Cause he was our, he was our closer or him or walling. Uh, one of the two, but, uh, I don't, I don't exactly remember, but Fort Myers, it, it was a good time in Fort Myers to, to celebrate with everybody.
1: The, uh, I mean, you got a good view of it there from third, but Morris, change up, or Walling, slider. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> Which one do you least want to hit against?
0: Personally, I would say got to go change up. Uh, it's like, it's pretty unbelievable to watch, especially from second base. Third, you can't really see it as much, but uh, second base, it's literally a, I mean, both of them are insanely good pitches, so not any discredit to Walling at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to face that at all either. But um uh, Wes, his changeup, I've seen it get marked as a curveball, as a righty curveball. It's just not easy to hit. And then he's got ninety four with some ride on it. It's just like way out there too. Yeah, it's like a weird three, four slot. So it's just like a it's funky. It's funky and it's uncomfortable and it's probably really hard to see. Luckily, I I mean, oh sorry, Wes. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it, but I took him yard during spring training. So, <laughs> um, but I didn't see his changeup. So, I I think that would have changed the at bat. So better, just a little bit.
1: Better mustache. You are Cole Moore. <laughs> Cole
0: Moore's got got me beat on that one. He he can do the twirling. The I twirl. can do it yet. yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't seen it yet. I'll I'll have to tell him to break it out today. Um, but he he's he got it. some good. I think he had it the twirling. other day. He before might have had it, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he definitely has had it during Clearwater, but I don't know if he's had it up here yet. So I'll tell him to get it, get it locked in for today. I,
1: I could have, when I talked to him the other day in the before you guys left, I could have swore he had it.
0: Yeah, I've seen the picture. He pictures. probably did. It's pretty unbelievable. He probably did. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty good. I I try and aspire to be like him and use the use the wax, but my mustache is pretty weak right now. It just won't. I'm trying to get it to grow, but it's just it's taking time been paid off,
1: off season project <laughs> yeah
0: well have, it's been a three it's been a three-year project that just hasn't gotten any
1: have you any uh have, have they talked about going out and playing in the winter or, or anything like that yet you know, uh there's, gonna... they're
0: starting to talk about it but not sure yet um we'll see what that looks like and uh yeah i i think uh that'll be a decision that i make uh with some family and, and uh we'll see if i end up going to play out whether that's um australia mm-hmm. or just uh training back at home so we'll see
1: well, i don't want i'm not their uh pr guy or recruiting director but everybody that i've ever talked to that because like half their team played here uh that went to australia absolutely loved it so
0: yeah that's what i've heard i've all i've only heard good things about it and um yeah a lot of the guys just love their experience there so that's it's cool to it's cool to uh, listen to them and process with them, and and hear about all the good things that Australia has to offer.
1: If you go, I I, I guess I'll talk to Tank and get a commission for every home run you hit or something.
0: <laughs> there we go.
1: There um, we go. Otto, thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. Um, I kept you longer than I said I would, but keep up the great work. Thank you again, and uh, good luck tonight.
0: I appreciate it. Thank you, Greg.
1: Thanks to Blue Claws infielder Otto Kemp, uh, fantastic guy, and thoroughly enjoyed uh, talking to him. We take that last Saturday, so um, you're listening to this after that. Going into tonight, Friday, the 1st of September, Blue Claws are tied for first place with Brooklyn. Just nine games left in the 2023 regular season. If the Blue Claws do make the playoffs, and by the way, they do have the tiebreaker on the Cyclones, they'll host game one of the SAL Northern Division Championship Series on Tuesday, September 12th here at Short Town Ballpark in Lakewood. Blue Claws have three games left this weekend. Tonight, postgame fireworks, of course. And Saturday, fan appreciation night. Sunday, postgame fan photo on the field and more. So, uh, wrapping up the regular season, but hopefully it won't be the end of baseball here at Short Town Ballpark in 2023. Blue Claws will finish the season at Hudson Valley next week six games and again they just need to finish even with Brooklyn over the final nine games of 2023 thanks to Otto Kemp for joining us we'll have uh, another one or two of these here uh, next week hopefully as we wrap up the regular season and then hopefully there will be playoff baseball in short town I'm Greg Jambarisi have a wonderful day everybody thanks for listening to Hook, Line, and Splitter Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast